Welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I'm your host, Cardinalis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey, everybody. And we got some big news. We've all been wondering what Yang's big announcement is. We got a picture he teased of what his announcement is. And it looks like the Yang campaign and the project they've been working on was accidentally released a day early. And the website actually went live when it wasn't supposed to. And a couple people started passing around and taking some screenshots and talking with their friends before they realized, oh, wait, we got to take it down. But we now have a sneak peek. I wouldn't want to use the word leak, but we can definitely opine on what we've seen, the, what Andrew Yang's big announcement is. And we thought it was going to be a super PAC, and we actually weren't very far off. Technically, a 501c4 is it is spoilers it's exactly what you thought it was it's exactly <laughs> what we thought it is yeah it's a, technically a tax code delineation yeah. makes it a charitable organization Which is whatever you at home you were thinking but, it was going to be it was the thing so. yeah yeah so instead of being a super PAC it's technically a social welfare organization which is allowed to um have action politically but anyway we can get into these details later Cody tell us what's going on Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. So we'll get into it. So um, we can go through. Andrew Yang started teasing a couple days ago. The campaign's been murmuring this for a while, an idea of an announcement coming early in March. That became to an announcement Thursday on The View. And just, I believe it was yesterday, Andrew Yang posts this picture of him kind of teasing at what it possibly be. So we had been, as you said, speculating, probably some kind of pack to support UBI candidates so he can really make a good case for himself when next time he runs as, hey, I have a lot of people supporting UBI. Well... Uh, one of our friends over on Twitter, Wesley, actually sent me over this video. It took him a, a little screen grab of the site that went live. So here we go. This is the site that went live earlier this morning. I don't know the exact time when it went live. Believe early like 7 a.m., I want to say, around then. Uh, 7 a.m. Pacific, maybe earlier Eastern. I could be wrong, but I want to say it was around then. Um, and what's really, like I said, it's exactly what we thought it was. So we'll go through here and we'll take a look at some of this stuff. So it's the same photo we used. I have reason to believe this is indeed the video that, or the, the website that's going on. So... We'll go through this video and it's going to scroll through and take a look at the stuff. So it says, we are building a, the movement to rewrite the rules to work for us. The people, it's time for a human-centered America. Then they have actually a little campaign shot right there. With the longer, I'm just going to pause right here. The longer than long shot video. The video is actually a, yeah, I mean, you that can see campaigning. Video. But it's a campaign video for here because that is really key as well. I want to highlight, we'll go through this, but Andrew Yang has been talking a lot about, I, I believe he's still paying a lot of his staff. There is still very much this Yang 2020 official movement. So yeah. we'll go through the longer thing. They go, introducing humanity forward. We are in the midst of the greatest economic transformation in the history of our country. Our institutions are years behind the curve, and normal people are getting left behind. We can't wait until the next election, election to push for the 21st century solutions we need. Introducing a new, as you brought up, 501c4 nonprofit organization dedicated to continuing the movement inspired by Andrew Yang's 2020 presidential campaign and making its core ideas a reality. A reality. Including universal basic income, human-centered capitalism, and data as a property right. And this is one thing I'm going to say right now, what I love. We said this the whole time. When Andrew Yang, and I do believe, when we, I think this summer, I want to do a longer post-modem, post, we'll take a look back at the Yang campaign, but... I do believe one of the big issues he had, and we, as someone who's we were following his campaign, reading his policies the whole way through, when he said his his three pillars would be UBI, I hear it, human centered capitalism, I hear, it, and Medicare for all. It's like, dude, you never talk about Medicare for all, and you don't even, like, yeah. and like you don't actually believe in like the Bernie Sanders Medicare for all. It's like, why bring that up as like the pillar of your? It never actually was. He would just kind of say people should have healthcare, move on. It it never was. So I'm really glad to see now here that's you notice that language is removed. Human centered capitalism, and then we go data as 
if he ran his campaign on those three things, I'm not saying he would have won, but I do think that would have been a more effective alley for him. Not to just pretend, I also support Medicare for all, sort of. Instead of just saying, look, that's something important, but also I'm running on UBI, human center capitalism, and data as a property, right? Dude, everybody has huge. a phone. Everybody knows what it's like to have their data. Everyone's got a Facebook account. Everybody somehow has gotten themselves. And by the way, you're almost in a way fortunate if you're not connected into the social media accounts. You have some kind of smart device being a... Here's the thing now. It's like, you think of like, oh, smartphone. It's like smartphones, like you literally can get a smartphone that runs for $35 and it'll work. Yeah. It's not an iPhone, but it'll work and you'll use it for a year or two and it'll do all the stuff the phones do for $35. I mean, go online, all this stuff. So I like seeing him bring that up. So I want to go through a little bit more and we'll get more into commentary. And then one other thing I wanted to bring up here too about it being a 501c4... I believe what's really interesting about that, it is a little bit of Andrew Yang and Zach Grumman as well, I believe. I think he also runs a, is it a 501c4? I believe he also runs a nonprofit himself, uh, or he came from that industry. I'm not 100% sure. Well, Check he, on that. he himself says he came from Wall Street. But I believe he also had a nonprofit he ran. But Yang definitely ran a nonprofit. I just think interesting seeing him fall back on something. He's had success before and done. He's the guy okay, I'll do something like Venture for... It's almost kind of like the marriage, right? It's like, okay, Venture for America did this. My campaign did this. What would the two be? So anyway, while you're pulling it up, let's pull through the rest of this. Um, it goes on to say that our movement is only just beginning. None of us can do this alone. Oh. And it will take all of us working together to bring the wave crashing down on Washington and rewrite the rules of our economy and society to work for us. A better world is still possible. Now is the time to move humanity forward. Come fight with us. It really does sound like the campaign literature and they just swapped out Medicare for all for data as a property, right? And I love it. I guess I love that. So very, very, very interesting. And I think there's a few more things down here I want to get to. Oh, yeah. One more thing is what we do. So very cool picture of Andrew Yang and Evelyn. Oh, by the way, hold on. Uh, a little, if this is the site that go live, I, de I definitely recognize a lot of faces in this crowd. It's very cool. I think it's really cool seeing just how he's always leaned on the Yang gang, even now coming up into his, you know, I guess you could say second career, but here we go. So then going down to the next part, it says what we do, they're going to activate new voters and the politically disengaged, particularly young people in the economically marginalized. By the way, this is what Bernie Sanders promised the DNC and didn't deliver. And it's why he got walloped yesterday. Uh, endorse and provide resources to political candidates and who embrace universal basic income and ever and other, other aligned policies at every level. Mainstream the ideas of the movement through podcasts, traditional media, and high-impact events. Empower Americans to retake control of their data and get compensated for its use by big tech companies. That's yeah. yeah. That means so much more to me than some phony, half-hearted, oh, and I believe Medicare for All, by the way, which is what used to be the third pillar of his campaign. And then launch and support projects and pilots that demonstrate the power and practicality of our ideas in real life. Dude, you know me. You asked me if I could talk about one thing in the world, anything. It'd be... Consumer protection. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the idea of just setting up some protections. I mean, there's ridiculous stuff. I'll give it... I don't want to give it to, but it's... I don't know if anyone recently updated their iOS in the last like, six months or so to the newest one. It does a new thing it didn't used to do. It'll tell me, hey, we're just letting you know this app has been tracking your location all around these different points in the background. Yeah. Do you want it to keep doing it? And like sometimes I understand why, but I have like a 7-Eleven app to get cheap coffee. And they showed me, it's like the 7-Eleven app follows you every step you take. Now they do yeah. that for targeted advertising, but how many they years- They can also sell that information and say, oh, look, yeah. we have this person and he consistently buys this brand of coffee, but it also shows that at lunchtime, he oftentimes frequents, it, frequents McDonald's and Panda Express. So maybe if we can sell his information to Panda Express and McDonald's, um, we'll be able to, you know, 
uh, create these lists and some of these informational and lists go for like this. $2.50 yeah. a person. Sometimes it's this. You don't realize it, but maybe you mostly stop for gas at a certain gas station on like Tuesday or Wednesday. It just happens to be yeah. the day in your week when you do it. You might not really realize it, but your, your phone does. And your phone knows to give you advertisements for the gas station when you get gas on those days. So anyway, I just think that's been going on for so many years without any any knowledge of us and now we're just getting a little bit of glimpses i mean there was a snowden leaks about what, almost a decade ago now with the snowden stuff yeah probably exact here anyway you have all that going on uh anyway, i don't want to get too lost in it but i do believe that's basically the end of what he's putting on his website yeah and then the bottom is just a picture of andrew Yang. oh and then once i got the yang bio about andrew yang andrew yang ran for president as the vision of a building a human-centered economy and implementing a universal basic income of a thousand dollars a month for all americans andrew's clear diagnosis of the problems and Face our country in real vision for how to solve them. Inspired a nationwide movement to rewrite the rules of the economy and society to work for us, the people. With humanity forward, Andrew will work to grow this movement. Very cool. Also, I'll pull up the, the numbers in a second here for you guys. I believe locally it was... I hope I'm not butchering the name. But David Kim was running locally out here on UBI. Yeah. I believe he made it to the next ballot. Um, or he, because he got the top two finish in the primary. Yeah, very in the cool jungle for him. primary. And I think yeah. there's a few other. I want to check and look at all of them. But like, there's already people having success on the UBI kind of caucus movement already. Having Andrew Yang kind of emerge as this lightning rod for fundraising and kind of national yeah. support that other local candidates can't get on their own. I kind of brought it up before. It's basically the organic version of what Bloomberg tried to do. Well, a much smarter version. I shouldn't say smarter because that's disparaging and I, I don't want to disparage like the Green Party. Like a more gradual kind of organic. But the, the Green Party is kind of this way. The Green Party really is kind of anti-corporatist, anti-big business for the small man, okay, without being, you know, violently Antifa. They're very idealistic, but they... They don't they don't allow corporate donations, which kind of unfortunately hamstrings them, because how do you compete with other bigger candidates from the Democrat and the Republican Party if you're disallowing yourself to receive corporate donations or super PAC money? So if you had your own super PAC that all of the other Green Party members nationwide could donate to. And, and the party were a lot better at being able to like self-fund through small do donations because they had a much more organized financial body like this 501c4 or um, maybe a PAC or something like that, then the Green Party would do a lot better. So the UBI movement could just be another good idea that gets relegated to the dustbin of history um, unless somebody came along just like Andrew Yang, who says, no, no, this won't get relegated for another 50 years to the dustbin of history. We're going to start a group that pilots programs, that extracts data from these programs just to show that they can work, that supports candidates who are going to support versions of our ideals. And, and we're actually going to take this seriously and do this. Um, I got a lot of respect for that. I got a lot of respect for that. And it doesn't take a lot of organization in this world of chaos mm -hmm. to bring something, something formidable to the table that society will recognize, ooh, I want that. We're going to try that. So I, I think this was a great move. And what's interesting is Andrew Yang can already fund it. He didn't exhaust all of his campaign funds. He suspended his campaign. There's still millions in those coffers. Maybe. And yeah, not a ton. It's not like yeah. he's sitting on a nest egg of 10 well, million. Maybe, maybe the, I'm just saying, it's, but it's possible the numbers were worse than we thought in the background, which also kind of brought the, the suspension to the forefront. Uh, that's true. But I, I would estimate, I'll tell you this right now. I guarantee you there's seven figures inside of that bank account. 
And the Andrew Yang campaign, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in the chat, but I believe this is still the FEC election law that, uh, you know, once you suspend your campaign, any additional finances, you don't just get to keep personally because it's the campaign's money, not yours, um, can either be dibursed back to the donors if you have a way of doing that. Well, you got to run for another office. So well, you don't yeah, give the it, money back, basically. Or <laughs> it can be transferred into another campaign fund, which is why, you know, oftentimes people will run for the presidency so they can get a bunch of PAC money. And then when they don't get as much as they want, they divert the funds into oh, their Kamala Senate Harris? Is that You're talking about Kamala Harris? Yeah, like Kamala Harris. Um, so anyway, it can be dibursed back to the people. It can be transferred into another FEC uh, campaign run, or it can be donated to a charity of the of the campaign's choice. Well, guess what a 501c4 is? Uh, the 501 delegation, 501c3 and 501c4, are actually charitable organizations. The only difference between a 501c3 and a 501c4 is that a 501c3, which Venture for America was... Your donations to a 501c3 are tax deductible, okay? Usually churches are 501c3s, religious organizations, charities such as the food pantry or those homeless missions and things. Those are usually 501c3 social welfare organizations that have such a dedicated mission statement and organization that the government actually says, you know what, you can take these donations off your taxes. 501c4s aren't required to have such a strong delineation for charity and are allowed to participate politically. Okay, 49% or less of their activity is allowed to be political. Okay, 51% of their activity actually has to be the social welfare that they claim to be wanting to achieve. But they are allowed to engage politically and have billboards and signs and slogans and posters. Meanwhile, 501c3s are not allowed to. You'll notice that churches can have re voter registration events and, you know, they can have... Uh, election night watch parties and they could do stuff like that, but they cannot endorse like the Catholic church cannot come out and say Joe Biden for president. Okay. Because that's against the 501 C three tax code. So anyway, this is a great move. Make it a 501 C four. It's going to be a social welfare organization. They can dump all the money from Yang 2020 into the 501c4 just to get things going and start supporting candidates that support UBI. And before you know it, what's he going to become Cody? He is the new party boss for this small group well, I, I, yeah, that's exactly. going to start existing. He's the new gatekeeper well, similar to, for the UBI crowd. Similar to kind of how Bernie Sanders found himself yeah. in, that, in that spot where organically Medicare for All uh, support rose and he was the guy on top. He was the one who's been... He can mean like anything in the world. Obviously, Andrew Yang can't claim he invented the concept, right? But he was like, I'm the politician to kind of popularize the most. So to that point, though, I want to bring up our friend Scott Santon's post tweeted this out last night. So as I mentioned, yes, it was indeed David Kim who moving on to the November ballot running on UBI out here in California. And then also it looks like a Liam O'Mara. I want to just double check on where exactly he is running a get. Also in California, that's what I thought, uh, the 42nd. So very cool. We see two people. Again, I, I do think, like many movements like this, California's probably the best bet to start. I don't think we're going to see the UBI movement start in, in uh, you know, Illinois. Yeah. No, no flame on Illinois. Just California seems to be 
where where ideas start, right? But suddenly, by the time they leave California, they're no longer goofy ideas, for better or for worse, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's things <laughs> that it's like, wow, I wish that would have stayed in California. But yeah. this doesn't like one of those things, especially because we have people already. Andrew Yang, based in New York. You know, Scott Sampson's based in, what is it? I don't know if based in, I think it's out of New Orleans. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was just really cool to see. We already have some people right now, and this isn't even counting. I want to, hopefully we'll start, if we get more time over the summer, just to, to re- reach out with people sit down and speaking because I can list off a whole list of other people I know that have been running on or plan to run on UBI. I've seen just on Twitter, former Yang Gang people. I mean, Andrew Yang, before we started his super PAC with the express reason for existing of promoting this stuff, before that, he had already inspired so many people to run on UBI. So now that the, he's going to be, and I've heard him described almost as like a potential UBI kingmaker. And if he really is this, like that's you what said, I'm saying. this rising new party force, boss. It, it really could be a good thing for him. Again, that's 50 lines down the thing. That's assuming that the leaked website we saw, or not the leak, but the in- unintentionally uh, posted website we saw is real. Again, this is the same imaging, the same wording. Uh, if it isn't real, wow, somebody really put it well. But again, See, this, yeah, the this biggest site proof of was live at humanityforward.com for a period of time. Like, it was actually a live site. This is not just a video I was sent. It's just the live site has now been pulled down. So that's what we have for now. If this is indeed what it is announcing tomorrow, I love it. I think it's so cool, and I can't wait to see a couple years of... Because one, I think something else too that's going to happen is we'll see what's happening with the rest of the primary. We'll see what happens in the general. There's definitely a large group of voters. And I think we saw it last night on Super Tuesday. The young, enthusiastic voter crowd didn't turn out for Bernie like he thought. Like that, there's yeah. still something. There's definitely a big voter base that's waiting for that one thing to really get them out there going. And if UBI is it, who knows? It's too early. But if it is, it's really the good place for Yang to be. Well, yeah. And, and you talk about Super Tuesday with Bernie Sanders. What's interesting is. Really, there's a reason why young voters are stereotyped as forgetful and not showing up and so on and so forth. Because years and years and years and years and years of data keeps proving that the young crowd doesn't show up to vote. So unless you have something really interesting, you can't bank on the young crowd like you can the older crowd. Uh, Yang enjoyed a uniquely, really, 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 really interesting idea. And that's why his youth-fueled movement generally did a lot better per capita than Bernie Sanders did amongst the young crowd. It was only by sheer volume that Bernie Sanders was getting uh, more delegates, delegates, which actually really brings me up to two interesting points. I want to talk about Warren kind of spoiling a little bit uh, Bernie Sanders last night and what some of the talking heads, I usually ignore a lot of talking heads in Washington, but they did bring up some really good points over the past couple of weeks where a lot of people have been saying, Hey, you know, at this point, the progressive wing of the Democrat party and the moderate wing of the Democrat party really are two separate entities and need to be two separate parties. Well, and is there a better way to like, I think you're going to get to this, sorry if I interrupted, but just okay. looking at how the days before leading up to Super Tuesday went for the the centrist moderates. Yeah. And then for the, but we can argue if Warren's a real progressive or not, right? But if, yeah. assuming she is, they got in line behind Joe Biden quick. People yeah. dropped out of the race and said, I support Joe Biden. I've given my undivided support. Elizabeth Warren, as we speak, is still reassessing her. Like Elizabeth Warren's still in the race. And yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but Elizabeth Warren came in third in Massachusetts. She lost to Joe Biden. I mean, so did Bernie Sanders. But yeah. holy cow, do you think if 
Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren consolidated their votes, they would have beat Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, they would have by a lot. So yeah. it really does look like there's something that came down to it. Yeah, and, and if you look at this race in a different way, if the progressives were their own party, okay, and the centrist Democrats were their own party, then Elizabeth Warren would be competing with Bernie Sanders by this point, depending on how they did their party rules, to be the progressive candidate. And they would have won so many of these states. Because if you put Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren's votes together, and the vast majority of Elizabeth Warren's supporters, I do believe, would actually go for Bernie. Because there's no reason to vote well, for Elizabeth Warren if you don't think. I, yeah. I, I, in a vacuum, ideologically, I agree. But... And I, it's not like every voter gets turned off. The nastiness and bad blood between the two campaigns, it's going to turn off some percentage of voters. So we're going to be like, yeah. you know what? I do like the stuff he believes in, but holy cow, man, I can't vote for that guy. It's going to be a smaller one because it's the ideological. Not, I don't yeah. think ideological, but just like they have a lot of policies that are really remarkably similar, I guess is a better way of putting it. But still, it's just the bad blood between these campaigns, which is really shocking considering they were considered... I mean, uh, yeah. I, I wanted to show this guy. This was an article, and I, whenever somebody drops out of the race, I always have to go back and pull articles from not even that long ago. This one's from way back in August of 2019. I want to show you guys this. Yeah. August of 2019, Elizabeth Warren is described like this. I mean, just, just take about a, a way back machine. Here we go. Okay. Maybe it was the fact that other top contenders, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, were all together in night two at led Anderson Cooper to ask Warren whether she would rather been debating Bernie Sanders instead. Maybe it's because in the pool of top-tier Democratic candidates, they arguably fall furthest to the left, unabashedly promoting programs like Medicare for All and free public college. Either way, when asked, Warren told Cooper, Bernie and I have been friends forever, long before I ever got involved in politics. I went up to Vermont and did town halls with Bernie. I've given Bernie much of my work when the housing crash was coming, so I'm always glad to be anywhere with Bernie. This yeah. is when she was considered a frontrunner. Here we go. This is my favorite thing right here. Warren and Sanders were, in essence, the Jim and Pam of the Democratic race. Um, now, I want to see if you guys remember another little uh, moment between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Now, this happened also on the debate stage. They are talking about the debate stage right there, right? Yeah. But... They had a couple big moments in the base stage. There was the big, there was basically the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren debate. Do you remember that one? It was basically them sniping at each other yeah. for like the whole debate. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite moments happened after that debate. It was the first debate in January. And I'll run for you guys right here. Is this actually, yeah, here we go. This is, a, I guess you could say, a cute little moment. Like, you know, like Jim and Pam from The Office. So yeah. let's watch this. Let's see what's going on. So we see Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren going up three times after the debate. Bernie Sanders raises his hand out. Oh, sorry. I missed, missed the beginning part where Bernie Sanders extends his hand to shake it. Let's go. Oh, no, never mind. Uh, the leaked audio, by the way, was, I think you called me a liar on the debate stage. That's on what national Warren television. Said when she approached Bernie Sanders and refused to shake his hand. Uh, by the way, like I always say right here, shout out to Tom Steyer trying to get the Bernie Sanders love. Bernie, please notice me. I'm here. Uh, Bernie Sanders not having it and walked away. But it, it is interesting to talk about because we brought it before already. Now, Massachusetts, obviously, one, the race isn't over. Two, it's not like, oh, no, not Massachusetts. How could I ever survive losing Massachusetts to Bernie Sanders? But for Elizabeth Warren, it's her home state. It kind of is like, why am I in this race if I can't win my home state? And it also feels like, yeah, if Elizabeth Warren's good, if Elizabeth Warren put her support behind her good friend Bernie Sanders, he would have won. Now, here's the thing. Warren's under no obligation to do that. 
Yeah. And I think it's not necessarily saying that like, oh, wow, it's a good thing that all these moderate types just fell in line behind Joe Biden and that Elizabeth is a bad thing that Warren didn't. I mean, it's if you think you should be president, well, you should I, I want to go over some of this Warren data, too, though, because I just sent you an article of five uh, from 538 that we used back in December. And I know this is old data, um, but it's 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 still the, the the generalities expressed in the data I still think hold true. If you actually look at the data of who's people's second choice was. How funny is that too? Sanders was leading amongst Biden supporters. You yeah. think that's the case now? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, um, if you look at Sanders, okay, 30% of the people that are Sanders supporters said their second choice would be Warren. And you look at Warren supporters and 31% of them say their second choice would be Sanders. And But it goes even further. 23%, her second highest a uh, second choice for Warren supporters was Buttigieg, who dropped out. And if you look at Buttigieg's data, guess who his uh, followers' number one second choice is? Is Warren. So I could safely surmise from this data that probably about easily 40 to 45% of Elizabeth Warren supporters would have voted for Bernie Sanders had she decided to drop out of the race. Oh, yeah. That's and how many of these states, Cody? Like if, two and five for sure. Yeah. So so, so, how many of these states... We went through and looked. There's a couple. <laughs> would, ...would have gone for Bernie over Joe Biden if 45% of Elizabeth Warren's numbers were posted up on the board for, uh, for Bernie Sanders? True, but also keep in mind one other very important thing here yeah michael bloomberg was also in the race still he dropped out today and endorsed joe biden but michael bloomberg was in the race and that chart we showed before 35 percent of bloomberg supporters second choice with biden i think the highest of anyone on the chart so yeah that was also a play here wasn't that it? the one thing that's different for me i'm sure bloomberg has some history with biden but the bloomberg bump to yeah, biden no, but would not have been same uh, the same yeah. as the warren bump to bernie sanders no of course but beyond yeah. that what makes it more interesting to me the warren and bernie thing is like i said warren and bernie were like these like you know like famous friends like it, it was like a famous thing that they were friends with each other on the campaign trail that i mean and just it, like lenin and, and stalin kind of, said they were old oh, bolsheviks whatever the like I what said, dude the, that's why they say comrade okay. dude it's like fighting police, in the trenches police, of the red army police don't care red anyway, army makes you friends buddy watching their relationship basically deteriorate over the past few months hey and we're then 25 minutes come into to a head kind of like on super tuesday the way it did that was like that was not what i expected i knew they were friends i knew they're running against each other it's politics anything goes I get it. But we really did see them go from what Jim and Pam to a fractured relationship to the point now where it's like, dude, you think people are calling, you think Bernie Sanders supporters are calling Elizabeth Warren a snake two months ago? Jeez, what are they calling her man. now when he, she definitely calls him Massachusetts. And as we brought up, you can probably extrapolate to other states she might have impacted him on. And they were at one point, I mean, like, seriously, they were good friends for a while. And, you know, suddenly not, suddenly they're not even friends anymore, it seems like. But it's like, I am. There really is no reason Warren stayed in yesterday aside from her own ego and it hurt Bernie. There was no like other legit yeah. reason. There was no like actual path to it's victory. It's pride. It feels like pride. It, it was it was seriously, but here's the thing. You would think and I'm not going to shame anyone running for president for being prideful cuz by the way, you're running for president, you're being prideful. But it is weird to see someone have a but relationship sour say, to the point where they said, I won't even drop out for the betterment of you and what you believe in cuz I think we believe in the same thing. Yeah. That obviously wasn't there. It was I still believe in me. You can't say you're an ideological campaign that is trying to represent the best interests of the people 
when you dropping out would represent the best interests of the people you supposedly want to represent with your rubric of ideas. And again, just to highlight to you guys how bad it was for Warren yesterday. I mean, here's... Michael Bloomberg dropped out. Why didn't Warren? Like, seriously, Michael Bloomberg, got the, he performed roughly as well as Elizabeth Warren did. Yeah. And he embarrassingly just dropped out and said, I, I I support Joe Biden. I'm done with this. This is I'm over. Elizabeth Warren, like I said, the most recent words I have, maybe by the time you guys are watching this, she'll have just dropped out. I heard she's currently reassessing. But I also heard she has ads running through March 9th. I mean, like, I don't know what's going on with Elizabeth Warren. But it, it does it does seem weird to think of how much, and I think we all kind of saw it coming a bit, but uh-huh. just to think, at least Super Tuesday, I'm not going to say it pivoted or it hinged, but the, the deteriorating, did the, the deterioration of the Bernie-Warren relationship, though, really did, I mean, you could argue it cost them both, right? Like, what if Bernie if endorsed Warren? Would she have won some of these states? But you see what I mean? Like, Yeah, the, I don't think the enthusiasm would have been there for well, no, Warren. But just no. The way yeah. that relationship and that alliance just crumbled, fell apart, and they no longer were together, and they really were just two opposing forces. On Super Tuesday, we really saw what it was. Because uh, here's a big thing, too. People say, you know, if you give Warren's delegates to Bernie, Bernie still isn't, like, winning. That's not the bigger thing. The bigger thing is if Bernie had larger margin of victories in these states— Larger delegate shares go to him. Yeah. It's like it's not necessarily like one to one. Like, oh, you won the state. These aren't winner take all states. I mean, look at a state like I think Texas, for example. It's a slight win for Biden in Texas. California's winner take all, right? I don't believe in the primary. No, but um, oh wait, yeah, you're right. No, it's it in would the, be in uh, a general. general. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I I take that back. So um, anyway. Here, let's talk about the rest of this Super Tuesday. Yeah, but sorry, I just want to highlight what I was saying. Just okay. Elizabeth Warren wasn't a huge player in Texas, but what I mean is, as far as just anything that would have changed Joe's margin of victory, could you see like it's a yeah. win for Joe in Texas? It's a ten delegate win in a, del- yeah. in a state with two hundred delegates. Like it's just uh, it, she would have definitely played a part. I'm not going to say it changed the election. Bernie would have won if Warren supported them. It's just funny to see that Super Tuesday really did show us it mattered. It didn't mean nothing. Yeah, and. We kind of have to not eat crow a little bit, but for months we talked about is Joe Biden's candidacy even real? He's going to implode. He's going to get destroyed. And next thing you know, remember when I also said that the average muggle hasn't tuned in yet? Some of these late day of voting breaks were 15 to 20 points. Like in Texas, Bernie Sanders was up by a margin post 50% reporting on the day of by sometimes 15 percentage points, nearly 20 percentage points. But as all of the day of voters, the muggles that aren't super highly motivated, you know what I'm saying? Um, the, uh, the voters that are just going off of the DNC mailer cards and so on and so forth literally showed up en masse for Joe Biden. And gave him a late day of break that I haven't seen in my adult lifetime. But then to the point, um, like someone pointing out, and as you were saying, I mean, we weren't, we weren't alone in saying Joe was out. People said Joe Biden should drop out after New Hampshire. I mean, in states yeah. he never showed up and didn't run ads in and didn't really try to win, and he won by massive margins. That's crazy. Yeah, so we were, I mean, I don't want to say we're eating crow, but this just really goes to show how 
oftentimes even people that follow this every day can be just as wrong in 2020 as they were in 2016 because we had suspected that Joe Biden was kind of like a, 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 a well, failing B-21 bomber that had gotten who, who, whoever, okay, over Normandy. Whoever know? had Joe Mentum on their, on, on their card, yeah. like, I want you to pick my next lottery numbers. Like, whoever was yeah. betting on Joe Mentum, man, they, imagine if you bought into the Joe stock on, like, the predicted markets back, like, after the New Hampshire vote when he was dead in the water. Because now, I Do you mean. you have that other Bernie meme that's really funny? Not pulled up right now. I'd have oh, to grab. Bummer. But okay. the larger point, though, is just this: there was so many reasons to assume Joe Biden wouldn't do well in states. He won by thirty points, so it, it really was hard to predict. I mean, we didn't see it coming. The bigger thing I didn't realize, and I'll show you guys this. Please, any any viewers we have from the South, let me know. But is Joe Biden an honorary Southerner or not? <laughs> I don't. I, that's like he dominated. Like he just, or is Bernie just that hated in the South? Maybe maybe it's the inverse. Maybe Bernie's losing the South, but. That is so far the state of the race today. Because as you can see on the on the far left hand side here, you can see California. Um, Bernie Sanders is currently leading thirty three to twenty four. Sorry, it's a little bit cropped out, but you, Be- you can still see it there. But you look at because look states, at this. I'm dominates. sending you. I'm sending you an image right now in Discord. Back when the Dixiecrats ran the South, it was called the Solid South. Here is a picture from a newspaper. I can't read the date on it. it looks like it says nineteen sixty six. I can't see, but it literally, look at that. The solid south. So compare those two maps if you can really fast. Here is the map. You got to stop giving me these pictures for ants. <laughs> oh, that are, yeah, they're tiny pictures, yeah. So that's the solid south from a newspaper clipping 50 plus years ago, right? And then now, holy smoke, you look at what Joe Biden just took yesterday and every single one of those states that could vote. Yeah, just you have to vote states are left. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I mean, the only reason why any of these other states aren't Joe Biden's color is because they simply weren't a part of Super Tuesday. That's what I mean. Is it, but what do you think You think is? the guy was like some smooth-talking gentleman from Savannah. Well, you think, <laughs> you you know? think he's like, from like, yeah, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and he, and he represented Delaware. Seriously, I mean, look at that. But again, it could be, remember, it's who he's running against. And also, it's The worth, Yankee it's, just totally burned through yeah. the South, man. But it's worth noting a couple things. Um, one, if you break down, if you look at the demographic breakdowns, it's also, you could say, for the most part, Joe Biden does better in states that are heavily African-American. I don't know if that's love for Joe. I don't know, or if it's just not liking uh, Bernie. Because again, there's always- Or, or it could be nostalgia over the, the Obama years. Oh, oh yeah, or like you I know? said, like yeah. liking Joe. Like they like Joe because he was part of Obama's campaign. Because yeah. also- I don't know what the actual number is, but definitely in recent history for a while there, having a VP for a full eight years was definitely, I think, something, too, that was... Because coming off of the Bush the Bush years, Bush didn't yeah. have the same VP for eight years, right? Oh, gosh. No, he didn't, right? I think... Uh, maybe, Dick maybe, Cheney? No, I think Dick Cheney was both... Could oh. be wrong. Either way. No, I'm pretty sure Dick Cheney was both, both okay. times. Yeah. I was wrong. Either way, it was just Joe Biden had a profile, so that could have been it, but... I do think the bigger thing here is the indictment on Bernie Sanders. I really do. And indictment's a strong word, but the larger thing is this. I brought this up in a previous video. Uh, I think two debates ago, there was a moment at the end of the debate when they asked all the candidates, "Are you gonna? would you support uh, giving the nominee to whoever has the most votes at the convention, or yes. would you want to let the process play out? And they, they like Chuck Todd like looks at Bernie and laughs and goes, oh, what gives your answer to us, Bernie? We know what you're going to say. But down the line, every one of them said, we support letting the process play out. Like I said, to me, what that was really them was that was them telling Bernie, Bernie has been raving forever. I'm going to motivate a new base. I'm going to bring new voters out. We can lose Democrats. They don't matter. I'm going to bring in more Democrats. I'm going to get young people voting. 
And then we had the primary happen, and it's like, it didn't happen. Super Tuesday, at least. But the big, it didn't happen, like, anywhere. He didn't even win California that big. It's I mean, nine points right now is the current lead. That's nice, but uh, where... I, I definitely see Tom Perez sitting there going like, well, Bernie, where is this wave of voters? Yeah. Seriously. you be- Michael Bloomberg resigned in shame, and he got 14% of the vote in California. Like, wh- why didn't you dominate these states you told us you were going to? You know, I mean, look at some of the biggest margins of victory he had in the states he was given. His home state, Vermont, he won by 20 points. I'm pretty sure Joe Biden won Alabama by more points than that. I mean, yeah, but, like, Joe Biden's 63 to 16 victory in Alabama. Let me move this so you guys can see it better. Because the last thing I'm going to say about this uh, particular thing is that this is Bernie Sanders needed to be. Oh, whoops. I didn't move it over. Sorry. But Bernie Sanders needed to be doing this in the state C1. He needed to be crushing them. Yeah. Oh. 50 or 30 something, 40 point victories. You'll notice that's a front runner primary. 200,000 plus votes. You have to win states like that because the way the delegate share go and he didn't have any. Even if Stacey's going to be really strong on like Colorado, you know, 10 points is nice. He was eking out Utah was the closest one but Utah is a smaller thing because that that brings me to one more thing I want to show. And this is something that Bernie Sanders is going to have to kind of I I wonder what he's going to say about this. The movie has a rally coming up soon but Bernie Sanders has been saying the entire time and not just him, I'm not going to say it's Bernie, but like there's been a movement that like, look, whoever has the most votes, why don't we just give them the nominee? Is that some crazy idea, right? Like yeah. whoever is leading in our votes, they're probably the most popular candidate. So why shouldn't the most popular candidate win? It's the argument for Hillary. All if you stuff, guys are arguing a bit against you, the electoral college. But I want to show you the national popular yeah. vote today for the Democratic yeah. primary. Do you know what it is? Oh, Biden ahead by at least 100,000. Biden right? plus 914,000. Now, yeah. percentage-wise, it's, you know, there's a lot of people that have voted. But my point is, okay, Bernie, so are we going to go with the guy who got the most votes? Is that yeah. the guy who goes? Is it Joe Biden? He's a, he has almost a million more votes than you. Yeah. And you won California. He's got a billion votes. You didn't yeah. win it big enough, though. He won California by like 300,000 votes. That's nice. Joe Biden won, like, Alabama by 200,000 votes. I mean, he never had it there. And I think it's really interesting to see how... Stark it. What I mean, it really was as the result came in. Just, oh yeah, where is the Bernie win? Where is the Bernie win? Where is the Bernie win? He's gonna win California. He's gonna win Utah. He needed to win a bigger. People thought he could win Texas. I wonder. I was joking last night. You could argue the Beto endorsement sunk Joe in Texas. I thought like he he, but it looks like Joe's gonna win Texas now as well. Yeah. So it's an interesting spot. Uh, I believe Bernie Sanders is gonna take the take the stage to make an announcement soon. Um, and we're looking at, because here's the other thing too, the way the delegates work and the way the system works, a lot of states to vote by March 17th, which is what, 13 days, two weeks from yesterday. Yeah. It should be locked up. Well, um, also there's, there's one thing I would like to notice. We actually had to stop live streaming yesterday before all the results were in. We had already called Utah and Colorado. Uh, Texas was still in play, but we had a feeling, uh, that it could go either way. I think it still um, might go either way. I mean, I get it's a big victory for Joe, for Joe, but the results of attacks have been really screwy. Uh, yeah, but we have 99% reporting there uh, with such a thick margin that there's no way that that 1% could change it. But what is interesting is that Maine is still only 80% reporting and California is only 87 because... Texas and California still had the lines out the door and we were showing the text messages from friends we had here who had wait had to wait two and a half hours to vote with just the line hemorrhaging people. And what's interesting is I actually looked into Maine this morning 
And Maine in 2018 changed their rules because they were concerned about uh, election they fraud. They were a former caucus state, right? Uh, I don't remember exactly why it was. I just remember they were concerned about election fraud. And they'd gone to paper ballots, but there was also a requirement that those paper ballots had to be hand-counted, hand-tallied, and then physically the results had to be taken to each county seat where the county seat's results had to physically be taken to the Capitol. So there's like three-hour drives that some of these volunteers got well, to make. That's the funny thing, You too. know what like I'm saying? You can see looking at the map, while Maine obviously yeah. is not the most populous state in the country. I think there's less than a million people in Maine. For the Northeast, it's geographically large. Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly. There's a lot of space in Maine for it not being that densely populated. So, so look, if you're, if you're in Maine in February, sorry, in March, it's still freezing. There's snow on the ground, okay? The, 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 the population of Maine is 1.3 million. Okay, so, I mean... One of our suburbs has more than the population of the entire state, all right? And the hilarious part is, could you imagine having to go from, like, the tip next to New Brunswick down through all these county roads and highways before you got to the main freeway where you had to drive all the way down to, like, I mean, virtually halfway to New Hampshire in order to actually just drop off ballots instead of being able to take a screenshot you know what I'm saying? Or a picture and just say, oh, hey, he got 1,562 votes. I mean, it, 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 it's pretty wild. Now, there's a lot of security in that because then you do just have the paper ballots. But um, in, in, in a place like Maine, ooh, that seems a little bit brutal. You know what I'm saying? That's not just a really quick midnight drive into town. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, anything else you took away from Super Tuesday? Um, My mind was blown over Joe Biden. Just that they're they're actively working behind the scenes. They're scrambling behind the scenes to to raise the delegate threshold so Tulsi Gabbard can't be on the debate stage. That's happening because Tulsi Gabbard did get one vote. Hey, look, it wasn't all bad from Michael Bloomberg. He did win American Samoa, so congratulations to Mike for that. Um, and Elizabeth Warren probably will be dropped out by the time you're watching this video. You think so? But the damage will have been done, so it won't matter. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I mean, I I, I know. I here's the thing. Logically, she should. Will she? I actually don't know. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. We, we'd made that I argument last night. I wouldn't be surprised night. if next Tuesday <laughs> we're saying, yeah. "Wow, Warren's got to drop out now, right?" And then it's like she loses again. Like this has got to be the end. For, oh, no, she's hanging in there. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. So anyway, let us know what you guys think. Uh, Super Tuesday. I. It was pretty exhilarating. I actually had a lot of fun looking at some of those results coming in. There were definitely some pleasant surprises that we saw there. Um, actually, I don't know if I'd say pleasant, just surprises in general. But if we miss some analysis, please let us know in the comments below. Uh, during the channel, or sorry, during the live stream yesterday, we had tons of new people join the channel with a hat giveaway we had. So shout out to everybody that joined the channel yesterday. If you haven't had a chance yet to join or you weren't able to participate in the live stream yesterday, make sure you smash that join button. It's only like five bucks a month or something like that. And it's a way to keep us corporate sponsor free and keep giving you these videos. Um, also make sure you follow us on PSP Radio 1 on Twitter. Cody is always... Um, one last uh, thing before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden literally just won Maine. So good for Joe. Oh, okay. Wow. Right there in real time. <laughs> you saw it here first on Problem Solver Politics. This is Problem Solver Politics. We'll see you guys in the next video. Wu Tang!